Good morning. Amen. Thank you for that last song. To resolve to follow the Savior. I hope that's, I hope for all of us that's our primary New Year's resolution. Whether you like New Year's resolutions or not, that's a good one. So it's a New Year's Day of 2022. And uh, we're still here. Not all who started 2021 are with us. On one side, uh, there's memories, there's... We get reminded of the frailty and uh, how fragile life really is. But <clears throat> still it's good to be here. It's good to know that uh, we serve a God who loves us, a God who cares for us, and a God who loves new beginnings. And that's one of the things I want to touch on today, the new beginnings. You know, who doesn't love? Who doesn't love a new beginning? Who doesn't love a fresh start? A new year. It's like a clean sheet of paper. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of things to consider. As, uh, <clears throat> as we enter a new year, you might think of the time that's gone, the bygone year. You might think of the new one that we're starting. You might think of the good times, the hard times we went through. And it's good to remember. It's good to reflect and see where we're coming from uh, and where we're going, especially where we're going. And I know that's probably one of my common themes. And over the years, I've done quite a few of our New Year's messages. So I guess that's just the way it comes out. Um, but it's good to remember. It's good to reflect on where we're going, where we've come from and where we're going. To remember our struggles, our victories. To look at victories, to, um, to reflect on losses. If we are in Christ, if we are in Christ, He is working through all these things in our, in our lives. In all these situations, He is working. It's a good time to take inventory. It's a good time to see where we've grown, where we're at, where we've advanced or where we've maybe lost ground in our lives. You know, back in uh, when we were in the metal shop, we were working with a company and, and once a month they would, have, they would shut down for a day. I don't know if they shut down everything, but they shut down all shipping and receiving and they did inventory. And if you wanted to deliver something or pick something up, they'd say, we're shut down, we're doing inventory. There's nothing coming in, there's nothing going out, we're just basically stopping. And it's basically stopping and seeing where we're at. Counting everything, um, see if, there's, if everything matches up, see if there's been mistakes. And it's a good thing to do, it's a good thing to do, it's a good practice. So hopefully, in, uh, in some sense, we can do that today. We can do that on, on today, New Year's Day, to maybe reflect on our lives, 
and just take this time to think about to think about where we're going. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Father, for this day. We thank you, Lord, that you are our God and that you are always faithful. We thank you for your promises. We thank you, Lord, that you love new beginnings. We thank you for what you've given in our lives, for your promises, for your grace. We pray that you work in us, that you uh, reveal to us your heart and your will for our lives. We pray that your name would be glorified in us, that we would be vessels for you, that you would use us for your kingdom and your glory. Bless this time here together. I pray for your blessing over the words that are spoken, over the message, Lord, that, that you would give us ears to hear, that wisdom would be spoken here, and that you would receive the glory, Lord, you alone. Bless this time here. Uh, draw us more and more into your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so I want to start with a verse out of Corinthians 3, Colossians 3, verse 1. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth at the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above and not on things on the earth, for ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear, appear with him in glory. So if we be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above and not on things of the earth. And this is a warning. This is a, an, a, an encouragement, an admonition to Christians, to believers, that they're to set their mind on things that are above. And that's, that's one of the things we do. We ought to do, we ought to do continuously. It's something we have to do. There's a lot of things going on in, in all of our lives. There's things happening. And we need to constantly, constantly in our lives, stop and consider and set our heart and think on things that are above, think on things that are eternal, things that will matter. Because there's always distractions. There's always things that will try to hinder us, that will try to keep us. From doing that. <clears throat> so I want to take a few minutes to reflect uh, on the past year. On what that means. You know I'm a firm believer in, uh, in progress. In growth and progress. In the business world for example. When we, we run our businesses. You know we would never accept the fact that we are. Make, we are we're not making we're not making any money with a business it doesn't work you know if our hog barn was costing us more to operate than we what we were able to make we would either look for an immediate solution or we would shut it down it's the same thing with our other businesses with uh, HMS with Rush River if it was costing us more to, to operate Rush River than we were making, than we were producing. If we were not making any financial progress, 
Um, we just wouldn't accept that. We either we need a solution or we stop, we quit. <clears throat> we're just spinning our wheels. You know, and if we're spinning our wheels, um, we just as well we can just as well do that at home on our recliner. It's like rocking on a rocking chair. You're rocking, you're going back and forth, but you're not going anywhere. And if we're putting in a lot all this energy and effort and just turning money and we're not making progress if there's if we're not growing, um, it's it's not okay. <clears throat> we work uh, we work to make money. You know, someone once said. Um, I don't care how much you love your job. Some people say they love their job, you know. And he says, I don't care how much you love your job. If you stop getting paid, if you stop receiving the benefits of your job, um, you'll quit, no matter how much you say you love it. And it's and we're kind of the same way. Here, we, we don't get paid but we see and we benefit from it in other ways. <clears throat> and if, if, there, if there wouldn't be any more, any, any benefit in it, then we wouldn't do it. It's, uh, and that's, that's just the way it works. And we know it has to work that way. In the business world, um, it better, you better make it work that way because if we don't pay the bills, Somebody's going to be knocking on the doors pretty soon. We can't afford to be spinning our wheels. <clears throat> so if there's, if there's something, if there's no growth, if there is no life coming forth, if you can't at least see life, then something is either struggling or it's dying. Okay. And we should look at our spiritual lives in the same way. And it's, it's not quite that easy. It's not uh, financial stuff that's easy. It's, all, it's, pretty, it's usually black and white. Literally, it's black and white. And then if you're struggling, the, blank, the bank will even help you out with a red line to make it clear for you um, that there's something wrong. But it's sometimes hard to see and hard to measure growth or progress in our spiritual life. You know, we certainly won't be able to see growth every day. We probably won't be able to see growth every week. Or even every month. But every year it should be noticeable. Every year should be very noticeable. You know, like we grow... Uh, we go grow physically, boys and girls, they're, they're smaller and they're growing. And uh, you can't see anything happen from day to day. You can't see much change happening from day to day. You can't see anything by week. But some years, some boys grow like five inches. Well, maybe not five, but three, four, five inches. <clears throat> and, uh, and after a year's time, you look up and you say, wow. This, he's really growing up and it's, it's <clears throat> usually a bit of a shocker and we grow and mature over the years and uh, so we all we all hopefully we all keep growing 
<clears throat> so growth is, is usually a big thing, a good thing. And one of the things we should always look out for is, uh, is if we're in the spiritual sense, if, if we're backslidden, if we are accepting and doing things, it's one of the things I always, uh, I think we should always check. You know, in our spiritual life, um, sometimes, <clears throat> excuse me, sometimes we grow cold to something. God shows us something. Um, and, uh, and we become convicted and we take a stand against it. And then after a year or a few years, we look up and that thing has creeped back in, has crept back in. It has gained a foothold again in our life. And it's, it's recreating the same, the same issues, the same, it's wreaking the same havoc that it did before. Except now we're accustomed to it. And it's, an, it's another one of the big, the important reasons of occasionally stopping and examining our lives, seeing where we're at, where we're going. And if, if there's growth, if there's struggling, because God wants His children to grow. God wants to see His children prosper. There's an example that uh, Zach Poonen shared, and he, he always shares. And he says, uh, you know, every parent wants to see their children grow. Every parent wants to see their children uh, advance, mature, and the uh, if, a, if parents have a child that is not, that's not advancing like it should, say a child is not growing, say a child is, uh, is not starting to do the things a uh, six-month-old do, should be doing, and a 12-month-old should be doing, um, they become very concerned. They become very worried. And they'll soon take that child to the doctor Check it out. If, if a child maybe is not starting to walk and they're coming up to one and a half, maybe two years old, the parents become quite concerned. Um, and they'll take them to the doctor, maybe the chiropractor, get it checked out, see if there's something wrong, if there's something misaligned. And I believe God is the same way with His children. He wants to see us mature. He wants to see us grow. He wants to see us um, grow as children should. <clears throat> and that's, and like I said, it's not always hard to measure. But there should, be, there should be something there that we can say, I've learned this. I've grown here. We've over, we've, I've become stronger in this area. And it's even healthy for us as believers to recognize that there are struggles. I've been trying, I mean, working at this. I've been working at this in my life. I, I know there's this struggle in my life and I haven't overcome. But in Christ, we can overcome. We can grow. We can overcome struggles. We can overcome these things that are continuously coming back. These, uh, these sins and struggles that come back again and again. There's strength and there's power in Christ to overcome. We might, it, it, and this whole process of growth, it takes training, it takes, it takes discipline, it takes, um, 
perseverance to seek it, to pursue that life, to pursue Christ. <clears throat> but it's always good to think, to look at a new year, to look at, a, a, look at it like a blank sheet of paper. You know, we're writing the story of our life. I think last year I had the New Year's message, or close to New Year. And I said, um, 365 days from now, we're going to look back at last year. And it's interesting. Here we are. If you're like me, it doesn't feel that long ago. Some things you think back over the year and you're like, wow, did this really happen that year, that last year? Was that only a year ago? And some things are, wow, that's a year ago already. And time moves on. You know, if we, if we read the story of our life, if you read the story of your life, if I read the story of my life, what would I think? What would I think about that person? It's a good challenge. It's just some good thoughts, um, good things to, to think about, to take home. <clears throat> so new beginnings. I want to talk a little bit about new beginnings. Praise God for new beginnings. Praise the Lord that He forgives. Praise the Lord that His grace is renewed every day. Every day. His mercy and His grace is renewed every day. That we serve a God who forgives us. We serve a God who completely forgives us. Forgives us. And I, I, if there's anything you take home today, I hope it's, it's this. And I'm sure you all know it, most of you know it already. But it always amazes me. And hopefully it always will. I'm sure it will. That we serve a God like that. That we serve a God who, if we come to Him, if we repent of our sins, He gives us a pure, clean, white sheet of paper. A brand new start. That in Christ we can be completely forgiven. We are completely forgiven by His sacrifice. It's one of the fundamentals of our faith. That we are forgiven. That we are justified. That in Christ, if we repent, if we come to Him and we repent, and we ask for His forgiveness, for His mercy, we turn to Him and we pray for His grace and mercy in our lives, he completely forgives us and gives us a brand new start. That relationship is completely restored. And even though we, we, even if we struggle to accept that, the amazing thing is that God accepts that. He doesn't, he doesn't question that, that like we do, okay, we'll say, oh, am I really forgiven? Does God really forgive me? It says in God's word that He forgives us. 
that he restores us to himself completely. And that's a beautiful thing. <clears throat> we can come to him as broken sinners, as a failure, and be completely forgiven and cleansed and justified before him. Justified. That means if we stood before a judge, a righteous judge, he could declare us innocent through what Christ did. And it's one of the things that, that we, we, I don't know, we forget. I think we, we keep forgetting this. That this, just, this fact that we are, that God, we're justified before God. It's something that, that we can never do. We can never justify ourselves. We can never stand before a judge, stand before the judge and the almighty creator and be justified outside of Christ. There's no way we could ever pay for the price, pay the price of our sins. There's no way we could be forgiven. Except in Christ. And God gave his son to die in our place so that we could be justified. And it's, it's an amazing thing that we can come before God as guilty sinners and yet He declares us innocent. He declares us forgiven and justified. It's, it's a marvelous thing. If we, hadn't, if we didn't have the blood of Christ, how would we do it? It comes to mind the, the story that I shared about a while back about Martin Luther. At, uh, and it's, a, it's, it's an incredible story. If you, uh, I don't, if you haven't heard it, listen to it. I don't, I don't want to go into it in detail today. But before, before he, well, he became a, a true believer, a Christian, before he was converted, before he understood grace and the sacrifice that Jesus truly paid for our sins in our place, um, he, he went to a monastery, and he was a serious young man, young man, and he, um, he really, really struggled as a monk. And he tried to be holy. He tried to be perfect. He wanted to live pure, to be pure before God. And it was an incredible struggle for the man. And according to the history, to, to, the, to the writings he spent hours in confession. Every day they had these confessions where um, they would confess their, their, their sins to the priest. And he would spend hours in the confessions as a monk. And he'd spend most of his days doing penance. Just trying to work off, doing sacrificing, doing hard things, um, cleaning, serving others. Just to, to try and justify and, and to justify, to be justified before God, to appease his conscience. Until one day he understood, he realized what grace is. He realized that in Christ we're justified. Jesus paid the price. Jesus paid the price for our sins, he took our place. And it's nothing we can do. It's nothing we can work out. But we are sanctified. 
Well, no, we're not, we're not sanctified. We're justified in Christ. Sanctification is something different. <clears throat> and his, see, his problem was as soon as he, he was through confession, he would go out and he would sin in his mind again. He would think of something that he'd done and something in the past, and he would struggle again and again, and it would go through it again and again. And it's a beautiful thing that in Christ, He paid the price for us. He, he suffered and died for our in our place. <clears throat> so may we, never, may we never think of that too lightly. Um, I want to take a verse out of 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become, are become new. All things are passed away, and behold, all things are come, become new. By His sacrifice, by His blood, we are completely, thoroughly, and perfectly forgiven and cleansed. It's not by our works. It's not by anything we can say or do. It's simply by faith. It's simply by believing and accepting that He did it, that He paid the price. And 70 times 7, Jesus said to His disciples, 70 times, how, many, how many times should we forgive a man? And then He said to them, 70 times 7. So if, if we... If we 490 times a day if we come to Him, He'll forgive us. <clears throat> but His goal and purpose is not only to forgive us, but to sanctify us and make us into His likeness. To make us like Him. To have His power working in us. He promises us His grace. His strength. To overcome the sin and the bondages of our lives. <clears throat> he gives us a new beginning. But we have to ask the question, to what end? For what purpose? God's goal through Christ is not only forgiveness. It's not only to forgive us. But it's to sanctify us. It's to make us into His image. To make us vessels for Him. To have a people. To have a kingdom on earth that He established. That's working out His will and His purposes. May we, to, be, to, become, to be a part of that kingdom for us. For each and every one of us. <clears throat> so I want to talk a little bit about uh, making goals and setting a trajectory. You know, some of you might get the idea that I'm a, I'm a goal-driven person. I talk about goals quite a bit. Um, but, I don't know. In all honesty, I'd like to be. Um, in some ways, I try to be. But more realistically, I'm, I'm a deadline-driven person. Um, Nothing really gets me in gear like a deadline. Sometimes it's like the only way I, I work efficiently is when I have to. When there's a deadline I have to meet. You know, I, and I like to think that I'm, <clears throat> I'm goal-driven, I can set goals and organize, but I don't know. It takes discipline. 
It takes discipline of the mind, discipline of your time, discipline in many areas of your life, especially discipline of your mind. You know, it's, our mind is in our control. Sometimes it's hard to, to wrap our head around that, but when you're in charge of what you think about, you're in charge of where your mind goes. Sure, you have things pop into your head, but you can you, you direct your mind for the most part, or you let it go. If you just let it wander, it'll wander. It'll do things on its own. But we have to, it's, it takes discipline of mind. <clears throat> but I still... Um, like I said, I, 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 I want to be a goal-driven person. Um, I feel it's important. It's important to make goals. It's important to take, take in mind where we're going and where we're heading. At the very least, to stop and take inventory, to stop and, and, and check if we're heading in, in the right direction, if we're going to where we want to go. It's the road we're on leading us to where we want to be. <clears throat> um, spiritual things are one of the are some of the easiest things to procrastinate on. If you know what procrastinate is, it's to push off to um, to not get around to doing it, to have good intentions, to have the best intentions, but never actually walking through it. So spiritual things are some of the easiest things to procrastinate on. You know, we would say um, these spiritual things, if somebody sat down and talked to us, that some of these spiritual things are the most important things of our life. And yet in the same, in the same if, if you kept asking, um, it's probably the ones that get neglected the easiest and the most. These spiritual aspirations. It's an area that's often the first to be ignored. And uh, a while back, a while bit, I shared on a on a concept about the important things versus the urgent things. Um, and I want to I want to share that again. I think it fits in well today. So many times in our life, it's the important things that we want to do that get neglected. The most important things, think about it for a minute, the most important things of our life, the things that we actually feel are probably the most important things to go do, are often the things we neglect. So why? Sometimes it might not be, it's not, usually it's not intentional. There could be a lot of reasons. There could be distractions. There could be... Um, Things that other things that get in the way, it could be a whole bunch of reasons. But sometimes when people are busy, it's the urgent things that get in the way. So if at first you might think urgent and important are the same thing, but they're not. Some things are urgent, but they're not that important. Okay, some things are urgent and important. And some things are neither urgent nor important. 
And some of those things take up, Allah can take up a lot of time. And so it's basically an issue of distraction, of being distracted. And the, the thing is, oftentimes with best of intentions, the things we care about for, we care about most, we don't get around to doing. So I, I want to draw a chart on here on how this, how this works out. And forgive me, I did this a while back, so, but I think it's really good. So you have basically four, four things here. And the person who kind of made this famous, this idea famous was uh, Eisenhower. And he got it from a Professor Miller. And he said, <clears throat> he, he said uh, I have two kinds of problems. There's the urgent and the important. So he, he went and he categorized everything in his life as it's either urgent or it's important. Um, and he said, he also added, the things that are urgent are seldom important and the things that are important are seldom urgent. Um, okay, so there's, there's four, you can put your, all your things in uh, four categories. There's the things that are urgent and important. So the big things are the important things. So an example of important things are things we want to accomplish in life, maybe life goals. And you know, if, if I think about it in a spiritual sense, if I plug this into a spiritual sense, what are the important things? If we plug it into the reality, if we plug eternity into this equation, the important things are the spiritual things, the things that will matter in eternity. And this, that really changes the perspective of everything. See, in most applications, this thing is used as a time-saving device, time management, and just in the business world. But if we plug it into our spiritual life, it, it really connects for me. So you have the things that are urgent and important. So those are the things that are important, and you have to do them. They need to get done. And he says, the thing to do with them is do them immediately. Just get them settled. Get them done. Get, get working on them. Don't push it off. If we're pushing off something that's urgent, it needs to get done, and it's very important, you'll never regret that. Just start working on it. Okay, the other side is something that's uh, it's not urgent, but it's important. So something that's important, but it's not urgent. And these are a lot of the things um, in our spiritual lives that fall into this category. A lot of the things in our spiritual walk can wait. Or can they? You know, if, if God is laying on your heart to do something, if God is laying on your heart to touch base, to, to, to see a sister, to talk about something with a brother... Um, we usually can say, oh, I can get that soon, or I'll get around to that. And a lot of times, sadly, um, it doesn't get done. These very important things don't get done. If, uh, to <clears throat> and a lot of times, we put uh, things like uh, personal devotions and prayer, we put into that category. It's important. We realize it's very important. We would never go as far as to say... Our work is more important than prayer. 
But in reality, in our daily walk, in our daily life, how are we treating that? How are you actually living that out? And it's, it's a big challenge. It's a strong challenge. <clears throat> so the other side is the things that are urgent. Um, urgent, but not important. The unimportant things. So those are things that need to get done. And sometimes in our life, he says, here the, the, the idea is delegate. And sometimes that's not an option for us. But to put something in its pro- keep something in its proper perspective, to put it in a place <clears throat> where it takes the time and energy in our life that it deserves. If it's urgent, it needs to get done. You know, like, uh, like even going to work, it's urgent and important. Um, maybe some things that we do at work, they're urgent. They're always, there's something pressing. Say something breaks, say something on my car or my truck breaks down or <clears throat> it, uh, it just shuts me down. It's like if, if there's a, say for example, we had a, a leak in the roof, a hole in the roof. Okay, while the weather's nice, it's important to get it fixed. But if there's a storm coming, it suddenly becomes urgent. And so, so it is the same way in a lot of our lives, that if we push the important things off, if we don't get to the important things, um, they sometimes never get done. The important things never get on. Because the tendency is, even if we're busy, if someone is very busy, if somebody's always busy and doesn't have enough time to get things done, the urgent, they're busy doing the, these urgent things that have to get done. Somebody has to do them. And <clears throat> um, they are important because they're urgent. But if you don't plan the important things, you will never get time for them. Because we will stay busy. Most of us will stay busy. There is something... Um, our enemy, the enemy, the devil, he knows that he, if he can keep us busy, if he can keep us distracted, he can keep us from doing a lot of the things that God wants us to do. The other end, <clears throat> on the bottom corner, we have things that are not urgent, but they're important. Oh, not urgent and not important. Okay, it's things that are not urgent and not important. Okay, so obviously that's not a problem. Nobody does things that are not urgent or important. I mean, who, who spends time on things that aren't important? But that's, to me, that's, that's one of the biggest issues. If I look at my life, where a lot of my time is going. Yeah, I'm busy. I have things that I just can't get around to. But if I'm honest, how much of my time is going into something that's neither urgent nor important? And a lot of that is, uh, I don't know, a lot of that is screen time. It is for me. I don't know what it is for you. 
Yes. I believe one of the biggest issues is identifying the important, the important events in our life or important practices in our life and treat them as doing them immediately. And most of the time, doing it immediately or maybe sometimes even scheduling time. Scheduling a time. Yeah. Okay, so the biggest enemy, I think, is, uh, is the eliminate. It's the, the one they want to eliminate here. For me, uh, this is probably things, things that are not urgent and not important. That's the one that takes up a lot of time. Okay, for some people, people who are very goal-driven and, and focused, and um, they take this and they would do, they would, for them, for some people, the, the ticket is delegating. Somebody who's running a company who just doesn't have enough time to do some of the things they need to delegate. For some people, <clears throat> it's scheduling. And that would be the other one that's a big one in my life. Is these important things in our life. Like, just spiritual things. A lot of times it comes down to spiritual things. These things that we want to look back at our lives, it's, and even it's, it's spending time with your family. It's um, these things that you want to look back at your life and not regret. These things that at the end of your life, you want these things to be done. You don't want to look back at your life and regret not having spent time with your family, not having connected with your children, <clears throat> not having grown in your spiritual life, not having taken time to reflect, not having spent time in prayer, not having um, taken time to reach out to others, to connect to others. And if the devil can, he will keep us busy so that we never get to do these things. And even as a church, on a church level, we talk, a we talk quite a bit about outreach, about reaching out to others, helping those, uh, maybe starting a ministry. You know, I I've come to realize a while back, if we don't start scheduling, if we don't start purposefully taking time, putting it aside, this is when we're going to do this. This is when we're going to talk about how we're going to do this and start delegating time, putting time aside to do those things, meaning scheduling, to do things that will matter in eternity. So many of those things will be neglected. They'll just never get done. We don't get around to them. And it, it, the sad thing is it can be... a. Uh, we can, we can go about our life with best intentions. <clears throat> it's like the, what do they call them? The, the Good Samaritan story. The man was beat up and left by the road to die. And then a priest and a Levite a Levite comes by, and he was, he was probably heading to Jerusalem to do his work, to do his ministry work. He was filling his scheduled time. And then the priest came by, and he was probably on the same mission, to do God's work, to go to the temple and to 
to do the work of God. And yet he missed the most important thing. And a lot of times, if if we if we don't if we don't seek, if we don't look, <clears throat> if we're not uh, if we're not careful in these things, the, the the good things that we need to do that we want, the good intentions that we have, even the convictions that God gives us to to fulfill, to do, to walk in, to be. They get neglected. <clears throat> and uh, the other thing is, um, I think the enemy, the devil, is particularly active in this. When you feel the urge, or when, when God lays on your heart to go do something, maybe go talk to someone, maybe go connect with someone. Um, to speak about something with a brother or a sister. And you know that's what God wants you to do. God wants you to make that right. And you want to do it, but when it comes down to the time, even time you set apart, suddenly there will be distractions. Suddenly there will be something that gets in the way. A whole line of urgent things suddenly come up. Things that suddenly sound important and suddenly you end up pushing off or not doing the really important thing that God laid on your heart, the thing that will matter in eternity. And sure, there's a leak in the roof that has to be fixed and sometimes we have to do it. Sometimes we have to fix a, fix a tire. <clears throat> sometimes our vehicle breaks down. But to keep that to keep the important things as the important things and remember to do them, remember to, to walk through them. <clears throat> so to, uh, to have Jesus first. There's an account of, uh, of, a, of three people who wanted to follow Jesus, to be one of his disciples. Um, and they had, they had wonderful intentions. In Luke 9, verse 57, if you want to turn there. <laughs> And, uh, and many of us, I think many of us might be able to relate to this, that we have good intentions in many things, but the, the important things are somewhere in the back burner and they disappear eventually. Luke 9, verse 57. And I just want to quickly go over a few verses here. And it came to pass that as they went that in the way, a certain man said unto them, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man had nowhere to lay his head. <clears throat> this man had expectations. He wanted some level of, uh, of security. We all do. And Jesus said to him, Foxes, and birds have nests, but not me. He was basically saying to him, you have to just trust me on this. I'm not going to promise you anything. Verse 59, and he said to another, follow me. 
Here Jesus was calling him. And he said, Lord, suffer me first to go bury my father. And he said unto him, Let the dead bury the dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. This one Jesus called. Follow me. The same call he gives to all of us. Follow me. So what's going on? Was Jesus opposed to someone being at their father's funeral? Is there something wrong with burying a dead relative? No. I think there's one word that threw the man off. He said, first. Jesus, I don't think Jesus has a problem with funerals. He went to weddings. The problem is that this man wanted to do these things first. He wanted to get everything in order. He wanted to get everything taken care of first. He wanted to get everything settled and arranged, arrangements made before fully committing. Jesus said, first, follow me. Jesus wants to be first in our lives. First and foremost. Verse 61, and another said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go and bid them farewell, which are at home at my house. And Jesus said unto him, no man having put his hand on the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Jesus is offering us so much. The gift of life, the gift of eternal love, life, the gift of his love and forgiveness and eternal life in him. There's an urgency in following him. Jesus made his calling to people urgent. Whenever Jesus called someone, his disciples, when he asked something of them, there was a sense of urgency in it. <laughs> Follow me. He didn't mean in a few weeks. <clears throat> and we only have a little time. It doesn't say if these men ended up following Jesus. They had other things to do. They were busy. So what is the end goal? In the end, what matters? Colossians 3.1 I shared it earlier. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. Set your affections on things above. So a lot of us, we scoff a little bit at resolutions, at New Year's resolutions, maybe because they usually don't work out. But what's the difference in a re resolution and committing to follow Christ? What's the difference in setting our heart and mind on things of God and following Him? And just making a New Year's resolution that will last a few weeks. What is the difference? The difference is our strength and His strength. A New Year's resolution, we determine to do something. Okay, I'm going to do this. And we can do a lot by our own strength. You know, people become kings and billionaires by their own strength, by their own intellect, by their own determination. 
but to find peace and forgiveness, to live a holy life, and a renewed mind and to be changed. That takes something else. It takes a powerful force to change a human heart. So what's the difference in making a New Year's resolution and committing to grow deeper in our faith? You know, I'm, I'm not opposed to New Year's resolutions. I mean, better than nothing. If it gets you into a good habit for a few weeks, at least, go for it. Um, it's better than not trying to trying at all. And, and I don't want to condone, condone broken promises. I mean, don't make promises you can't keep. But that song we sang, that I am resolved to follow the Savior. I am resolved to enter the kingdom. That's a resolution. And that needs to be our heart. To grow in Christ. To seeking to know Him more. Every believer should be resolved and completely, should be resolved and completely committed so loud follower of Christ. The difference is it's, uh, is that He gives us the strength. He will teach us in all things. He is our strength. He has promised us His grace. Um, in Philippians 4.13, He says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. <laughs> which strengtheneth me. And we have this promise that Christ will be with us, that Christ is with us, that he, he is our provider, He is our shepherd, He is our Lord. He is walking with us if we ask, if we trust, if we seek Him. And we can overcome all things if we ask, if we trust, if we seek Him. He promised us the strength. It's like, have you ever had a, a huge project that you had to do? Something you had to work on that was intimidating for you? Something you've never done before, you had to study, you were really worried about how you were going to do it. And then someone comes along who was good at it, who'd done it, who'd done it many times. And he helps you. It's like, there's no more worries. There's no problem. It's the same way Christ is for us. He walked through the valleys that we walk. And he can help us. He can be there with us. And when our eyes and our focus is to know Christ, and to be made into his image, to be molded by him into his likeness, when He is first and foremost in our lives, He gives us His grace and strength to walk through, through any struggle victoriously. He gives us the strength to, to be victorious. He's our strength, our stay, and our provider. Our Father and our God. And when we're in His shadow and He is walking before us and by our side, we have nothing to fear. We need fear nothing. So it's a beautiful place to be. And I pray 
that in this coming year, that's where we all find ourselves, to grow deeper, to seek his presence, to, to focus and to, to, to walk through and do the important things in our lives. So amen. God bless you.